You're listening to a Sunday service podcast from First Universalist Church of Minneapolis. We're a faith community committed to racial justice, a place where we practice a deep and authentic welcome, where we listen deeply to where love is calling us next, and a place where with humility, courage, and compassion, we act for justice in the world. To learn more, please visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org. Moana Sunday. I want, we're not going to have a wisdom story so much as to draw on the wisdom that is already here in the pews today. I'd like you to just close your eyes for a minute and imagine that we had in this community all of the resources, all of the will, all of the energy needed to take on issues, to take on spiritual development, to take on changing the world. We had everything we needed right here. What would you want to work on for good? If you have an idea, you want to build on the wisdom of 160 years in this church, raise your hand. What do you want to build for good if we had all the stuff we needed? Everything is here. Yes, somebody's raising your hand. Usually the kids are really the first to raise their hands. <laughs> Adults, come on now. I know the wisdom is here. I'm going to start with the kiddos back here. You guys have some ideas about what we're going to do to change the world? He's looking at me with terror in his eyes. <laughs> do you have an idea? Something. Yes, you do. Somebody. Right there. Okay. We got something here. I would get rid of all the weapons. All right, there we go. No more weapons. There's a reason a kid tells us that, because they have active shooter drills. They want no more weapons. Another thing, what can we do? What do we have the will to do? Compassionate health care. Call it out if you can't raise your hand. What about you? And uh, um, homelessness. And homelessness. What else? What are we going to do? We have a legacy of 160 years of this church. They sat down and founded this church with ideas of that wanted to change the world. What do we want to do? Anybody? Marin. Okay, we need some more ideas. There we go. Right there. Right there. All right, I'm going back up here. I know what you guys got some good stuff here. Use less plastic bags. It's because their world is going to inherit all of the plastic junk. I want us all to keep imagining what is possible. What is possible? We're at a terrifically difficult time in our country right now. All kinds of things are possible that are horrific. So what are we going to do in the next 160 years of this church to contribute to good? Keep that in mind, talk about it amongst your families, and bring back that good news to everyone else here. Thank you. Our reading this morning is from Wikipedia. <laughs> An entry on the term horizon. The horizon, or skyline, is the apparent line that separates Earth from sky the line that divides all visible directions into two categories, 
those that intersect the Earth's surface and those that do not. The true horizon is actually a theoretical line which can be observed only when it lies on the surface of the sea. At many locations, this line is obscured by land, trees, buildings, mountains, and the resulting intersection of earth and sky is called the visible horizon. Historically, the distance to the visible horizon has long been vital to survival and successful navigation, especially at sea, because it determined an observer's maximum range of vision and thus of communication with all the obvious consequences for safety and the transmission of information that this range implied. Good morning. We don't usually start our sermons with a good morning because we've worked pretty hard to get you into a more centered, more worshipful space. And that good morning tends to pop us out of that space. But I am popping you out of that space for a minute here uh, on purpose for a couple of things. First is that my name is Arif Mamdani. I am the Director of Membership and Adult Ministry here. This is a three-quarter time position, and I'm also working quarter time at the UU Church of Minnetonka, where I'm serving as part of an interim ministry team through June. I say that so that if you happen to be over there and see me over there on a Sunday, or if you are visiting here from Minnetonka and you happen to see me up here, nobody gets confused. <laughs> it's already happened a couple of times, which is why I'm saying this right now. I also wanted to let you know, and this is really deep in the weeds of the UU ordination process, uh, that I'll be seeing the UU Ministerial Fellowship Committee in March for a high stakes interview that will determine my readiness for ordination. And if all goes well, I'm hoping to be ordained within the next year or two. What all that means, <laughs> thank you. The reason I'm telling you this, what all that means um, is a couple of things. One is that I'm not here full time. And I just sort of want you all to know that. Um, the second, and probably the more important thing, is that it also means that I don't have any kind of fancy title, like reverend or pastor or minister. In fact, I suspect that if um, the folks in Boston were to hear that anyone had been calling me reverend or pastor or minister, I would get in some trouble. So I'm just asking you all to help me out a little bit there. I also share all of this because I'm new here. I'm still getting to know you all. And in that process of getting to know you all, I really do want to meet and connect with you. Now, admittedly, there's one of me and a thousand of you, so this is a little challenging. But you might have seen in the liberal that I've got a couple dates out there where you can gather and connect with me. Uh, we've got a morning and an afternoon. Um, totally open to evenings too, I just haven't scheduled those yet. 
But if you can join one of those two times, that would really be great. And if you can't, and you wanna perhaps pull together a group of folks to gather and invite me to join you, particularly if it was on a Tuesday or a Thursday evening in late November, <laughs> I would probably say yes, schedule permitting, of course. And that brings me to the last piece that I wanted to share in this kind of odd preamble to a sermon. I wanna to get to know you because of what adult programming is about here in this church. Our programming is about serving your spiritual growth and development. Our programming is about helping you listen more clearly to where love is calling you. And so I want, I want to get to know you better so that I can help you do that. I want our programming to help you to listen more clearly to where love is calling you. I want it to help you develop and grow your skills in building a team around that calling. And I want it to help you wield the power of this church within these walls and without in the direction of where you are called to help advance the church's mission and goals. To do that, I need to know you better. The too long didn't read version of this might be something like this. I work here, I'm new here, and I wanna to get to know you so that I can help you take over the world. Because <laughs> as beautiful a day as it is out there, the world needs your attention and care. And so we turn our attention to the horizon. Thank you, choir, for that amazing music. Thank you, Sally, for bringing your gifts on the piano. Um, the music today came about because we were in a worship meeting a couple months back, and we were talking about the readings and where we were thinking about going with the sermon and the service. And I was looking at something that was about water and about fish. And Randy says, what about Moana? And I said, yes. And so Moana. And for Moana, the horizon matters. In that, in that song the choir just sang, she sings, see the line where the sky meets the sea. It calls me, but no one knows how far it goes. Have you all seen this movie? Yeah, all right, ooh, ooh, I even got a wave from back there, yeah. It is, um, it's a wonderful movie. It's a wonderful movie for many reasons, and you know, I'll do all the usual prefaces. It's a Disney movie, so it's both problematic and wonderful. If we can embrace the complexity. I love this movie for, for many, many reasons. Um, one, one of which is it's a movie with a whole bunch of brown folks. It's a movie where the main character uh, is, is someone who seems to identify as a woman. It is a movie in which there is no love interest. I like these things. <laughs> it is also a movie with probably, okay, this is a dangerous statement to make, but one of the best soundtracks in a Disney movie, maybe ever. The song that the choir just sang is a favorite of mine. In the movie, this, this song, How Far I'll Go, is a song in which Moana expresses the deep calling that she feels for the ocean, 
her desire to get out of the safe and ordered life in which she is destined to be a leader of her people and instead find her communion with that place on the horizon that calls to her. It's a song of deep yearning for something that we cannot quite identify, but we know in our hearts and our minds is there. And for me, it is a song that sings of a yearning for a life unleashed and a place of belonging. That horizon, that literal and metaphorical horizon is so important. And I wonder what's on your horizon? What is it that you yearn for? In the middle of this month on this theme of the edges of belonging, where do you feel your edges of belonging? As the great oracle Wikipedia says, the horizon is the apparent line that separates the sky from the sea. It divides the entire world into two categories, those things that touch the earth and those that do not. The oracle goes on to say that the horizon is assumed to be a circle around the observer and that it varies from day to day based on things like atmospheric pressure, but that for a person who is about 5'7", the line where the sky meets the sea is about three miles away. That if we could see clearly three miles ahead of us, we'd see that point. In other words, it is approximately the distance that one would run in a 5K. It's a distance that the average runner could cover in 30 to 45 minutes. It's a distance that an average walker could pretty easily attain in a day of walking. It is a distance, in other words, that is entirely attainable and yet never attainable because it is always about three miles hence. And so I wonder, is that horizon of belonging, that horizon that we yearn for, a place that we can never reach? Are we always moving toward it but never quite getting there? Is this our movement of belonging? I'm reminded of what my older daughter said last week in her call to worship. Belonging is something that you get the hang of as you get older, but you only get the hang of it as you learn where you belong. Are we always then on the edges of belonging, moving toward a center that is also always moving away from us? This might sound a bit strange, but I think one of our cats knows something about this place where the sky meets the sea, something about this edge of belonging. You see, sometime over the summer, I made several attempts at taking one of our cats, Bella, out for a walk. <laughs> Bella was rescued. I can't believe I'm telling you this story. Bella was rescued from a backyard somewhere in St. Paul is what we were told several years back when she joined our family. Her leg was broken when they found her, they think perhaps from a fall from a tree. And she was apparently pretty beat up, but her leg was mended, she was cleaned up, and she came to live with us. All of which is to say that at heart, she is an outdoor cat. That is the place that she yearns for. And she makes sure that we know this because every time we open the door, she makes a beeline for the outside. Summer, outside, winter, outside, rain, outside, snow, outside, 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 outside. This is the essence of Bella. This would be fine 
except for the fact that in her quest to follow her, her true feline nature and commune with the great outdoors, Bella will, about three quarters of the time, run straight for the closest street, tree and climb straight up, a perch from which she is unable to get back down. <laughs> it took all of three experiences of trying to coax her down and otherwise remove her from a tree for us to conclude that she shouldn't be allowed outside unsupervised and ideally on a leash. Hence the walks. And so, friends, this is how I became that strange guy who walks his cat. <laughs> or at least tries to. But I will have you know that at least on our block, I am the second strange guy who walks his cat. <laughs> the other guy seems like he's in his early 90s and hashtag life goals, I hope to follow in his footsteps. So I've been walking Bella, or at least trying to walk Bella. I gave up after a little while. And, and each time that we would go out, she would get a little farther down the block. First it was just the front yard, then down the steps over to the edge of the neighbor's yard. Each time, just a little further. And every time she's getting a little further, she's getting a little bit more confident, she's strutting down the sidewalk, she's like, I am owning this catwalk. And then suddenly, when we'd progressed to confidently walking down the sidewalk, one house, two houses, three houses, we got halfway down the block and boom, she stopped. She sat down, she looked around, she rolled around on her back, she did all the things that cats do to tell you that they are done moving. Okay, I thought, end of walk for today. So I scooped her up, took her back home, we were done. And then it happened again, same spot, boom, done, back, and again, and again. Enough so that I got to wondering, had we reached the edges of Bella's known universe? Was this the edge of her belonging? Is that what was going on here? I mean, there, there was nothing terribly remarkable about that spot, at least nothing that I could see, but to all appearances, for her, it was a real limit. What I found particularly interesting about this was not just that she got to the same spot every time and then stopped, but perhaps more so, that when I'd bring her back from these walks, our other cat, Mika, would absolutely lose it. Aggressively hissing, batting, growling, uh, basically doing everything she could to make it very clear that whatever it was that Bella had done, wherever it was that she had been, it was not permitted. It was not okay. It was like going to the edges of belonging and returning and telling about it was quite simply unacceptable. It made me wonder, what happens at the edges of belonging? What was Bella seeing as she sat there? What do we see when we travel to those edges? What happens when we come back and tell folks about it? So there Bella was, sitting on the sidewalk, staring at the edge of belonging, kind of like Moana, staring at the edge of the water, long as she can remember, never really knowing why. Moana wishing she could be the perfect daughter and accept her place in the world, 
instead keeps coming back to the water, no matter how hard she tries. Every path, every road, every track leads her back to the place that she knows she cannot go, the place that she longs to be. What intrigues me about Moana is not just her yearning for the ocean, her yearning for the place she knows she should be, but also how she gets there. You see, in the course of her adventure after she leaves home, Moana runs into Maui, a demigod voiced by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Love The Rock. <laughs> and near the start of their quest together, Moana learns how to sail, but it's not just sailing. As our choir sang earlier today, we find a brand new island everywhere we roam. We keep our island in our mind, and when it's time to find home, we know the way. And as Maui says when he's explaining this to Moana, he says, it's more than sails and knots. It's called wayfinding. It's seeing in your mind where you're going and knowing where you are by where you've been. Last week, in my older daughter's call to worship, she said that belonging to this racist and sexist America wasn't something she'd ever aspired to. That kind of floored me. I was so happy for her that she could say that. It floored me because for me, it was always exactly the opposite. I think I'd inherited from my immigrant parents an intense desire to belong, or maybe I had just internalized what they wanted for me and my brother. In some ways, I think I've been a bit like Moana, staring at the edge of belonging for as long as I can remember, never really knowing why. Knowing, though, that there was some place that I longed for, knowing that the place that I longed to be was a place I could not go, at least that's how it seemed, how it felt to me when I was younger. But more and more, I'm finding that while we are always at the edges of belonging, while we're always moving to the horizon, even as the horizon moves, what is also true is what Maui and Moana and all her people know, that we find our way by holding in our minds and in our hearts a vision of the place we long to go. It's a bit like that David White quote I shared with you in a sermon a few years back. In an interview, he said, all you have to do is enumerate exactly the way you don't feel at home in the world, to say exactly how you don't belong. And the moment you've uttered the exact dimensionality of your exile, you're already taking the path back to the way, back to the place you should be you're already on your way home. We start in our imagination, knowing that there's more somewhere. We share that vision in our hearts and minds with others. We set sail for the place we know the way to, even though we don't totally know the way, trusting that the path described by the dimensionality of our exile is a way we can find together by holding on to that vision by knowing who we are, by knowing where we've been. 
Perhaps this is how we move within and among and beyond these edges of belonging. May it be so, and amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting our ministry. Text First Univ, that's F-I-R-S-T-U-N-I-V, to 73256 to make your gift. If you are able to join us in person for Sunday worship, we'd love to see you in church. To learn more, visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org.